Welcome back. It's Tuesday, which means Tuesday travel, which means Moncon McGann. Moncon, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much, George. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to tell you something. I was down in uh, Wexford, mm. and of course, it's a great hotel, an expensive hotel in Gorey called Marfield House, which is in your blue book. Mm-hmm. But they've opened a new restaurant, and the great thing about it, it's child friendly, mm. uh, it's economical. And it's really smart. And they've done it uh, in the old stables mm. of the, the the old house. It's really fantastic. Once owned that house by Duke of Leinster, by the way. So if you're down around that neck of the woods, you can go with And your... they had that lovely big conservatory. They were in the, in the 80s. Remember, they put on a gorgeous conservatory that's for right. teas. Okay. Yeah, so when you decide to get married, that's mm-hmm. where you can get married now in Marfield House. And you can have the wedding reception in the conservatory and I'll make the speech. I have all my box ticks. a rugby great. <laughs> at my wedding (laughs) right okay so anyway the fabulous new restaurant it's a great idea uh, because you have kids and all that sort of stuff all right um where are we going? Well, we're going further than Wexford. We are going to go to Alaska. Which so, I know very well. You see, brilliant. Well, what I, I mean, the thing about Alaska is, you know, it's almost, you can't talk about Alaska and the rest of America just because it is so far away. Like that, what is it, the 48th state, 49th state, the 48th state, um, is like the 49th state, is um, on the contiguous landmass, you know, because then you've got Hawaii off the state. But, um, it, you know, it is so far away, it, you're not just going to cross a border. One way or the other, it's that journey to get to Alaska. And what I want to look at is the two main ways of going there. I don't know, did you, you know, the, the classic way is to do the um, um, the Alaska Highway, the Alcan Highway, the Alaska-Canadian Highway, or to go up the Inside Passage. Well, now, the thing is, we're, these are Irish people, so mm-hmm. they have to get across the Atlantic mm-hmm. first. So presumably you're suggesting they go to Seattle or Vancouver or somewhere, are you? Yeah, at least on one leg of their trip. It, it gets tricky. Um, like, if you're going from Dublin, then you, I suppose you might as well fly to, you know, to, to Fairbanks if you can. And the cheapest way is like with Delta or American Airlines, it'll start at 1,100 euros. But as you can imagine, from Ireland to America, there's a million ways of doing it. Uh, it's just, it's probably going to start you 1,100. All right, well, I'm interested in what you're going to do because okay. the way I did it was mm-hmm. flew to Vancouver, mm-hmm. which is a magnificent city oh, yeah, in yeah. its own right, mm-hmm. and then take a cruise yeah. up what you call the Inside Passage. Mm-hmm. Now, the great thing about going up the Inside Passage is there's no waves. So I am one of the worst sa- sailors. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no sea legs. So at the slightest sign of a ripple... I'm puking into a paper bag. (laughs) So the inside passage is like a lake. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect. Exactly. And first to get a sense. So like Alaska is like on a whole, I mean, we know America's big, but Alaska is on a whole other level. So there are glaciers in America that are the same size as European countries. So, for example, Bering Glacier is larger than Switzerland. Like the bears there are larger than their bison. Some of the bears are 14 feet tall. They're like the national parks are the size of nations. There's um, like Epic doesn't even do it justice. You can lose yourself so easily. You are back in wilderness, you know, within a few sort of miles of leaving some of the towns. So it is, it's, it's on this other level. There are salmon there that are like 70 pounds in weight. And because of this, nowadays, it's the realm of the dreamer, the person who wants to lose themselves, the person who wants to start again. It's enormously expensive because it is so divorced, so cut away from the rest of America and because of their main industry now is drilling 
uh, you know, oil and gas. So there is money to be had there. The people who are up there are earning a lot of money. Yeah, but I mean, you don't get away from anything if you're on a cruise ship with 2,000 other people. You know? No, no. So I don't want you on that cruise ship. I you want to don't. get you off. No. First, I mean, the, the great thing to do, and it was always the challenge in the 80s and 90s, was to do the Alcan Highway, the, the Alaskan Canadian Highway, which was this heroic feat built by the American Corps of Engineers in 1942. After Pearl Harbor, America realised they were going to need to get ways of going to to Europe, that the fight, you know, somehow they're going to need to defend themselves. And the best way of getting to Russia, of getting to bo- uh, planes in Russia so they could start bombing Germany, was if they could get up to Alaska. Now, there was no direct route there. There was sort of old Native American mud tracks through the forest. So it became this, this matter of urgency. And 11,000 soldiers, 16,000 civilians, in eight months, built a road the whole way from... Uh, basically from the north of British Columbia through British Columbia through the Yukon and into Alaska 1,500 miles with the cooperation of the Canadians exactly yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean and most of it to be fair is through Yukon and, and through British Columbia but it's true it was through 1,500 miles of uncharted uh, uncharted road uncharted wilderness mountain mud mosquitoes the size of bats now, it was always a heroic... I'm sure you're exaggerating. Sli- slightly. <laughs> mosquito the size of very small butterflies. Oh All right, gosh. okay. Yeah. Big mosquitoes. Big mosquitoes. Now, it was always the great heroic thing to do. It is getting relatively easy now because, you know, the road has improved, to be what, fair. What, you just get Navis Rent-A-Car in Vancouver and drive up like? Yes, you do. It's going okay. to take you seven or ten days, you know. To drive? Well, if you're stopping off doing kayaking, if you're doing fishing in holes, if you're going up mountains, it's still a long journey. The thing is, that, that car is going to be badly chipped and badly scraped by the end of it. Because although, as I say, the road has improved so much, there are still bits, there's still these frost heaves where the road will either sink or rise depending if the thermofrost has suddenly um, decided to, 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 to defrost. And there's also areas where the whole tarmac has collapsed. Like each year they try and go out and refix it again. Um, and so you're driving through gravel. So oh, so I, I think I've made a smart move going by boat. No, 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 because this way you're getting to me real people who don't get to see. So the road, it's only passable sort of, you know, for tourists, particularly between May and September. And in, in July and August, there's so many mosquitoes and midges there that and, and stink bugs that uh, you don't want to go near it. So really, it's only September is the ideal place. The big mosquitoes have gone. The temperature is about between 20 and 30 degrees. And there's now maybe like 300,000 people who do the trips. That, that is a, a lot, but nothing compared to the amount on the cruise ship which we will touch this on. This is two and a half thousand miles of drive Two and a half thousand kilometres. Well, it depends where you start and finish. Yeah, sure. yeah from, But from, it's two thousand kilometres either way, like. Yeah, two thousand four hundred. It's a long way. It's, it's a, a, it's long, a long, long journey. But the thing is, there's wonderful places to stop off. Like, for example, the Signpost Visitor, Forest Visitor Centre, where the first, like, lonely GI in 1942, when he was building his road, he puts up a sign towards home. And since then, 70,000 other people have come along and put signs of how far this place is to their road. So it's all that. Do you remember that quirky motel memorabilia that we associate with other parts of America yeah. which is gone now because of the freeways it still lives so like they say Ritka's Roadhouse has the best food on the one, entire 1,400 miles of the uh, between north of Delta Junction and then there's like one place will specialise in toad burgers there's a place the Toad River Lodge he'll also give you a toad hot dog there's another place where there's like just a basic wolverine a stuffed wolverine over the bar 
which is in the Yukon Yukon Motel, or there's a man, an 80-year-old in the Nelson Heritage Museum who's got an entire collection. He's like 82. He's got an entire collection of century-old cars in the middle of wilderness. In winter, they only have one or two people passing through, or locals, because basically they're, they're snowed in. And in the summer, everything thaws, and they just meet, they meet they're, they're interested in meeting strangers because they're going to be cut off. So it's a quirky thing to do once in your life, but you definitely don't want to do that route twice. You just want to go up that one way and, and fly back. And come back a different way. Yeah, exactly. Fly back. And this fly is back. where, as you say, your cruise would come in. The inside passage from either Seattle or Bellingham, which is just... Oh, I'm in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah well, so, so, but, but, um, And then you stop off, obviously. It's exactly, you stop off. Right. And you can take a big cruise ship if you're G-hook and you want like your your white linen and your five-star Correct. food. Correct. But if you take a slightly smaller boat, the benefit is you're going to be able to get much nearer into the coast. So let's say, you know, you could, if the, every time the captain will see a bear or will see a whale, he can divert off route and get near, go right up to close to shore. Right. He, like if the boat's small enough, they can go right in under waterfalls and it becomes a sort of a more experiential uh, Do you trip. know what I'm talking about when I talk about calving? Yes, yes, exactly. So the great thing is to sit, to get your boat to, to anchor by a glacier and you're watching these icebergs, massive icebergs, calving off the glacier, sliding Falling off, the, yeah. That's right, now they do this on the cruise ship and, and uh, they, I don't know how close they get mm-hmm, relative mm-hmm. to your pal mm-hmm. in his little boat, <laughs> but certainly far enough yeah. to see this enormous amount of ice falling off. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, what like places like Juno and mm-hmm. Fairbanks and all these? Well, places. so as I said, I mean, you're fine to go on the big cruise if you want, and if you want the smaller ones, there's a lovely company yeah. Cruise West who like they'll have about seventy people. Um, it'll be a ten day trip. The ideal thing, is, rather, is not to do the cruise ship and not even to do the smaller cruise, but to go on the local ferry, the public ferry company, the Alaska Marine Highway Ferries, which is like the basically the bus service along the coast. All oh, right, it's okay. going to cost you a fraction of what a big or a small cruise boat will, and you're you're on board with other. Uh, just local people. So you're getting the real stories, you're getting a sense of what life is there. And there they're stopping into tiny little outposts and hamlets and uh, sort of villages that the, neither the big cruise ship or the smaller one wouldn't bother. Now, going. this is really interesting mm-hmm. because I did something like that. And this was in Norway, mm. where for a couple of hundred years, these Norwegian boats have been stopping off, going up and down, the, up as far as the Russian border pretty exactly. well. And they stop off at every little fjord to deliver the papers yep. and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So your Alaska ferry is very mm. like that. Now, I didn't come across that. Mm-hmm. Uh, catches you, can have you been up there or uh, catch? So can? this the problem is this. It, I mean, the, the, the depends which the boat will bring you as far as the ships go as far as Juno or Skagway, which is just up, yeah. uh, further inland. Yeah. And um, well, first, like the reason why you're not going to take that passenger boat, and probably the reason you might you might find the Norway trip a bit tricky is the. Standard accommodation is a lot more basic. Like this is, Correct, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, there's the, where the cruise ship is going to be luxury. The the local ships they're fine, but they're just they're utilitarian. But the great thing about the Alaskan Marine Highway ferries is they let you pitch your tent on the deck, so you can actually do it for four hundred dollars. So like a ten day trip because you can stop on and hop off and hop on as much as you want. Oh really? And start start in in either Seattle or Bellingham, or if you want, well, some of them won't just stop into Vancouver, um, but then go up through Prince Rupert Sound and uh, eventually there. But as I said, you'll get to Juneau. Now Juneau, so it's the capital, capital. the capital yeah. of Alaska, a, a quirky capital in the in the fact that there's no road going to to Alaska to Juneau. So it's the only state capital that has no main road going to it. You have to arrive either by plane or by ship. 
And if you do decide to, um, no, they, like a few years ago, they were the mayor was trying to build a road, and all the citizens said, "No, we don't want a main road to our, our town." So it's 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 different. Alaska is thought of as very right wing, as very redneck. Juneau is sort of slightly liberal, more arty, and it's beautiful because if you're talking about calving, so. The town of Juneau, the original old town set up in the gold rush, is right up against Mount Juneau and Mount Roberts, this 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 mountain range which has a snow, uh, which is like permafrost and perma snow covered along the top of it. And constantly g- g- uh, glaciers are sliding down it and splashing into the sea. It's a real, if you think drama- Vancouver is dramatic, which it is and beautiful, Juneau is spectacular. And there's all these tra- walking trails that begin right in the centre of town and go off into the wilderness. So it's definitely worth spending time there. Um, it was like the first capital after the the first after the Russians left, after the Americans bought the the landmass from from Russia, and it was where like it's still the best area if you're trying to get out into paddling zones into the glacial. Um, into the Glacial Bay National Park or into Tracy Orme's Wilderness Area or the or Admiralty Island National Monument, it is a great place to go. If you're on a cruise ship or if you're on one of those ferries, the good thing is to get off at Juno and get on a local boat so you can go around, sail around Glacial Bay and see the whales and you can spend a few days in Glacial Bay or you can spend weeks there. Now, when you talk about the Yukon, which yeah. was famous for the whole gold rush, mm-hmm. the Yukon is in Alaska, is it? No, it's no, not, no. It, Yukon's in Canada. No, exactly. British Columbia and Yukon are states in Canada. Correct. And Alaska is America. But it's weird because Yukon wraps right around Alaska. Like Juneau, so the Yukon is both north and south of Juneau. Yeah. Because, you know, Juneau's on that little spit of Alaska that people don't consider Alaska uh, because, you know, it's not as snowbound. So the main, the first town that you're getting to that is this sort of wilderness beside the uh, Arctic Circle would be Fairbanks. Uh, Fairbanks is where the University of... um, of Alaska is and it's more if you want to get into if you want to go dog sledding then that's going to be your base or if you want to go into real wilderness trekking or heli skiing helicopter skiing then you get to to Fairbanks but you know I mean you can get there by road you can so the um yeah, yeah but, uh, but well, hold on well now on. what you haven't mentioned mm-hmm. and I've been waiting for you to mention oh, I'm sorry the Misty Fjords the Misty Fjords. Go on. You don't know anything about no, the never Misty heard Fjords. About Misty Fjords. Oh, all right. Well, the Misty Fjords uh, are misty, yes. surprisingly enough, right? And what you do is you take a small six-seater plane, mm-hmm. seaplane, goes up the Misty Fjord, mm-hmm. right? Now, he can't see where he's going. Uh, so the pilot is talking to the fella ahead mm-hmm. and he's saying, listen, it's very misty today. And your man says, yeah, it's very misty. <laughs> then you get to the far end. He lands in the lake. Uh, so you can step out onto the floats and yeah. take pictures. Every year for mm-hmm. the last X number of years, mm-hmm. one of those planes has crashed. <sighs> So, Georgie is on the 12 o'clock. This is as true as God. On my word of honour. I was on the 12 Uh o'clock. So, I go up to Misty Fjord, take my picture, six-seater, we come back, Mm -hmm. uh, right? Then we wander down, do a bit of shopping, head towards the cruise ship. By the time we got to the cruise ship, the one o'clock, with the pilot that we had, but the six different passengers hit the wall, hit the wall, the, the, the cliff face, Everybody dead. 
By a mere 60 minutes, I had survived uh, an early demise. And they're still allowing that continue. It's, good. it's incredible. <laughs> it's from Catch, Catch, Catch a Can. Or right. it, I'm sure it's Catch a Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you take it and you book your, your flight ahead of time and they, they keep having all these people killed. So did you base yourself out of Anchorage? No, well, I went to Anchorage. I was on a boat, so I just yeah, got yeah. off the boat. You know, when told, like some fella said, <laughs> you're getting off the boat. Mm-hmm. And in advance, you obviously, you booked your different things. Now, the interesting thing is I did Alaska, you know, as befits a fat old man. Mm-hmm. You know, so I did, I missed out on the dog sledding, the hiking, the wilderness, the mosquitoes as big as bats. I missed all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hmm. did. I had three square meals a day, right, and three bottles of wine a day, and walked exercise on the uh, the uh, boat on the cruise ship. That's all I did. I mean, not quite as exciting as as your version of Alaska. No, and I mean, I can see why one mightn't want to get involved in extreme sports when you're going there, the sort of extreme kayaking, because we're not used to surviving in that sort of temperatures, particularly if you're going in, in winter. But uh, the thing to, to try and get a taste of the the gold rush era, of, uh, you know, what the stampeders were experiencing. And a great way to do that, because Juneau is sort of a later capital and because it's on the sea, like the sea there is, is sort of is never frozen. So it's not as wilderness. It's worth going up to Skagway, which is, you know, up the inlet from, from Juneau the next sort of a seven hour uh, and you could either get off a Juno and drive up to it um, just to see this is where like 40,000 Gold Rush stampeders headed here uh, sort of on the, on the Yukon by the way of the Chilcot Trail which was the main trail when gold was found this was about in the 18, 1897 and you can still see so much of it had been preserved basically what happened was an Irishman called Michael Henney convinced a group of English investors to build a road from Skagway to, uh, to Whitehorse uh, no, sorry, <laughs> a train track. And this became the main kernel for getting gold in and then for now for getting like oil, uh, sort of, yeah, oil in after the, the, the railway and things closed down. Um, but it is, you're still, like there's, in the old, this, so the, he, he, created two, he created two train stations, one, as I say, in Skagway and the other in Whitehorse. It was a White Pass and Yukon route. And it makes, it's ideal for if one is trying to do that old route. So the Chilcock Trail, the Chilcoot, trail over the Chilcot Pass was what the old yeah. gold people had to do. Because what I did see was yeah. like they preserved a sort of gold rush town mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, uh, it's, it's, I mean, we're talking travel to Alaska here and it's more than just theoretical concept. It's a wonderful holiday. Mm-hmm. And depending on like your age and infirmity depends on whether you do it like the expensive, comfortable way mm-hmm. or the cheap way, but that depends on the kind of traveller you are. But either way, like I have it marked down as one of the great experiences. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I know because you're. I mean, what the thing is. The rangers, there's rangers on all the boats. I mean, so you had an incredible guide on your cruise. But even if you go on the public boat, there's going to be a ranger there who's going to explain to you uh, all the different, you know, the different deer, the different moose, the bisons, the bears that are there. So there, there. So there's the wilderness area. Then there's the whole historical area that is. I mean, you you can get a bit bored of the amount of different Klondike tri- trails and Yukon trails and the amount of different gold stampedes because everywhere experienced its own trails slightly different. You know, at a different time. So Fairbanks came along. This Italian man. 1902 suddenly strikes gold there and they swarm into Fairbanks and it's hard to get a sense of in Fairbanks now because it's since then it's been taken over by gas and coal mining and the military uh, and it is now sort of a modern just administrative capital but they're all will have 
uh, camping and extreme sports organisations, outfitters in town that'll get you out into those areas yeah, very the, quickly. The, um, the other thing was, of course, you, you know, you're not a film buff mm-hmm. either. It was a wonderful movie about the gold rush in Alaska uh, with Jimmy Stewart. And the whole idea of the guys who'd gone up sort of north and, and uh, weren't going to get their supplies and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff in time, you know? So. But, like, the problem is, you know, they can get, the, the, particularly those towns, Juneau and Skagway. Juneau has a million visitors a year, which is like, so like Skagway, which is basically a tiny village, okay? Sometimes it'll have 9,000 people getting off cruise ships per day. Like it'll have it has four hundred ships a day a year, so that's all, five ships sometimes a day. So that is why it's really worth getting in outside. If you're gone, if you're on the the Alcan Highway, you're not having those. You're not going to see whales. You're not going to see the ocean. But it means you don't have those thousands of people. You're going into the local inn that has been on that road, um, that has been serving that road since 1942, and they'll have stories. Like even about three years ago, right up in the between the where Yukon Alaskan border, um. When storms came in in the middle of summer and wiped swept everyone off the roads, and they're all having to go in and sleep on the four floors of these inns, so they still have that sense of being a real like frontier zone, a place where all they're right. fighting the elements all the time. Okay, well, uh, it's still uh, it has a recommendation from Moncon and myself: a holiday in Alaska, something special. Uh, you can choose the way you want to do it, but the, um, no matter what way you do, you can hear um, from Moncon the. the the passion about such a wonderful place. It's Alaska on Tuesday Travel. Next week, we'll have more with Moncon again.